Welcome, and thank you for joining the Cass County Health Department HealthCast. Our HealthCast is here to bring discussion and awareness to the services that we offer here at the Health Department, as well as ongoing and current issues in women's health. I'm Hillary Kelly, and I am with Louise Yale and Allie Yokish. We are all health educators here at the Health Department, and so with that introduction, why don't we jump into our first topic? Well, this HealthCast is about severe weather. It's that time of the year where the weather is getting nicer, temperatures are rising, sun is coming up earlier, and staying out longer. Clouds are moving in and out, plants are popping up, everything's getting green and beautiful again, and with all of that comes... Severe weather. (laughs) Severe weather can happen at any time and at any part of the country. So severe weather can include very hazardous conditions that produce thunderstorms, which include uh, your damaging winds, you got tornadoes large hail, flooding, and even flash flooding. Uh, Severe weather can include winter storms as well, such as freezing rain, sleet, snow, and strong winds. But since it's officially springtime, we are going to be talking about our spring severe weather, which is already and will continue to hit our area area for the next several months. So since we live in the Midwest, we'll go over the big threats of severe weather that we face during this time of year and how we can continue to stay safe when bad weather hits our area. So what is severe weather? How can it be classified? So yeah, so severe weather is any dangerous meteorological phenomenon with the potential to cause damage, like serious social disruption or the loss of human life. So the types of severe weather vary, and it depends a lot on like latitude, altitude, topography, and atmospheric conditions. So meteorologists have generally defined severe weather as any aspect of the weather that poses a risk to life property or requires the intervention of authorities. So we can have high winds, hail, excessive precipitation, wildfires. These are all forms of severe weather. Along with this, we can also have thunderstorms, which is pretty common around Mm -hmm. the Midwest, uh, downbursts, tornadoes, which we saw a lot last week and probably might see even today Mm -hmm. in this coming Mm -hmm. week. Yep. Uh, blizzards, which are snowstorms, and then even ice storms. Extreme weather that causes um, extreme heat, cold, wetness, and drought um, can often bring in these events and impact our overall lives. Yep. So, Louise, I'll ask you this next question. Mm-hmm. What causes weather changes to occur? Yeah, good question. I mean, weather occurs when you have a few various combinations, such as temperature, um, you got your ath- atmospheric winds, and pressure systems that all meet together. Uh, One of the major factors that really contributes to the potential for severe weather is the extreme temperatures, Um, especially now where we're seeing our rising temperatures. There's increasing temperatures from the sun along within the or within the atmosphere that can create low pressure systems within our atmosphere. So along with heat comes high atmospheric winds. Have you heard of the jet stream? Oh, yes. So the jet stream plays another part in the weather patterns, not just in our neck of the woods in the Midwest, but also worldwide. The jet stream is found where cold air from the Earth's poles meet with the warmer tropical air. These winds fluctuate and help control the weather system from west to east and in the northern hemisphere. When different weather pressures meet, such as too cold of a high pressure system meets with a too warm of a low pressure system, weather starts to be created that can get severe or even extreme. Just depending on how fast the winds are or how cold or warm those varying temperatures may be and how fast they collide can determine how mild or severe that weather system can be. 
So the biggest threat we see in our area that occurs most frequently is severe thunderstorms. We've seen them already. We'll see them in the future more frequently. So according to the National Weather Service, a severe thunderstorm is a thunderstorm that produces a tornado, have winds of at least 58 miles per hour, and or have hail at least one inch in diameter. So based on this criteria, the National Weather Service can issue watches and warnings to areas that might be in the path of that weather system. So first, you might hear your meteorologist or radio station speak about severe, wet, severe thunderstorm watches, which means conditions are favor, favorable for the development of severe thunderstorms in the area. The size of the watch can vary depending on the weather situation and usually is issued for a duration of four to eight, four to eight hours. When a storm system starts to produce into more and get more severe, um, that is when they, you will see a severe thunderstorm warning. This is issued by the National Weather Service Forecast Office and is indicated by their radars or a spotter that reports the thunderstorm to produce hail that is one inch or larger in diameter or have with those winds um, equal to or exceed 58 miles per hour. These warnings are usually issued for a duration of about one hour but can be extended and can be issued without having any kind of watches, <clears throat> watches already being in effect. Lightning frequency is not a criteria for issuing a severe thunderstorm, thunderstorm warning, but still is very dangerous, so you got to be aware of that. So lightning is a giant spark of electricity in the atmosphere or between the atmosphere and the ground. Uh, lightning is hotter than the surface of the sun and can reach temperatures of around 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Dang. Uh, yeah. Wow. Lightning strikes in the uni United States are about 25 million times per year. So lightning kills about 20 people in the U.S. each year and hundreds more are severely injured. Plus, you got all that damage from lightning strikes. There. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, lightning can strike at any moment and even when there's no watchers or warnings for severe weather. So when you see lightning out at any time... Any kind, any time of the day, it's best to go indoors. Yes. So the next and probably one of the most popular things that we talk about with severe weather in our area are tornadoes. It's getting to be the time of year where we're seeing watches and warnings. So mostly everyone knows what a tornado's, you know, what they look mm -hmm. like, what they are to our area. They're not super rare here. Yeah. So unfortunately, that's just where we're at for, it's just that time of the year. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we've already seen quite a few in Illinois and some in our in the Midwestern region um, with last week, we did have a severe weather outbreak and we're just coming into it again today. So basically a tornado is a violently rotating column of air. It's usually a pendant to a um, cumulon, cumulonimbus cloud with circulation reaching the ground. So it nearly always starts as a funnel cloud and may be accompanied by a loud roaring noise. So most people know how to pinpoint a funnel cloud. They know mm -hmm. what that looks like when it's in the beginning stages. So on a local scale in our area, the most destructive of all atmospheric weather conditions would be a tornado, and they're not to be taken lightly. So, you know, we always see these funny things or memes or whatnot about being from the Midwest. Oh, yeah. Going out on go porch. Out yeah. Yeah, yeah, you go outside, you know. Um, I know we all do that, but, but we shouldn't, right? <laughs> we should take shelter because there's always gonna, you know, while it always might seem like it doesn't ever hit, doesn't ever hit, it's never a risk. You never know when the, it might turn that way. Yeah, turn the, the your way. Day might come. We want to be in the basement instead mm -hmm. of the front yard. Yes. Yep. So similar to thunderstorms, there might be watches sent out by the local like National Weather Service when the conditions are favorable for the development of a tornado. And close in the area, 
Their size can vary depending on the weather situation, and the tornado watches usually last about four to eight hours. So the watches are um, issued well in advance of the actual occurrence of the severe weather to make sure that community members are aware that there is a potential danger. So then there comes the potential for the tornado warning. So a tornado warning is issued by the National Weather Service when their radar indicates rotation or if a tornado is sighted by trained spotters. So when a tornado warning is issued, people in the affected area need to seek shelter immediately. These warnings can be issued without watches already being in effect, and they're usually issued for about 30 minutes, but they can extend depending on the size, speed, and location. There's also tornado emergencies. Yep. Which that tornado is on the ground, it's causing destruction in your town. Yep. Mm -hmm. So our next topic is floods. Floods are another big weather problem that occur in our area, especially since we have a lot of rivers, creeks, and water areas located in our region. So knowing the watches and warning signs are important for this as well because floods can be very damaging and deadly, even though you might not think that they are. Mm -hmm, yeah. Flooding can occur gradually over many weather systems with a magnitude of rainfall that saturates the ground so much that the ground just can't hold the water anymore. Therefore, the water starts to pool more and more, and it just creates this giant pool of yeah. water where there wasn't one before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this can happen, or it can already be an established like lake, river, pond, stream, etc., that starts to get overflowed due to the excessive water from the rain. And then it can also start, water can start flowing from other areas into these lakes or rivers, which, which causes it to overflow and flood. Yeah. And this type of flooding can happen gradually, but it's still dangerous due to the damaging of property, roads, which can cause safety issues to us as people. And it's not quite as life-threatening, but still, if you're driving on the road yeah. it, and that road is damaged, you can damage your car, which yeah. can make Just you crash. So, I mean, it's still, it's not good. Right, you need to be aware for sure. Yeah. One of the bigger flooding instances we see is flash flooding. A flash flood is a flood which is caused by heavy or excessive rainfall in a short period of time, which is generally less than six hours. And it comes so fast and the water just doesn't have anywhere to go, thus causing a flash flood. Mm -hmm. A flash flood can also occur from a dam failure in the area, but this is just a little less common than the yeah. heavy excessive right. rainfall. Watches for flash floods can be issued, and these indicate that there is a current or developing water conditions that are favorable for flash flooding in and close to the area. Flash flood warnings are issues to inform the public, emergency management, and other cooperating agencies that flash flooding is in progress, about to happen, or very likely to happen. These types of warnings should not be taken lightly. Fast-moving floodwaters can sweep away people, large objects, including cars, so you should never drive into a body of water. Mm -hmm. Turn around. Don't drown. drown. Yep. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> and it can also damage your homes very quickly. So the next thing that we want to kind of touch on is the recommended actions for severe weather. So by becoming familiar with and implementing the following recommended actions, you and your family will be better protected in the event of thunderstorms, tornadoes, and flooding. We're kind of talking most about those because those are the things that we're actually going right, to encounter yeah. and deal with here We're experiencing them a lot more often in this Midwest area. Yeah, for sure. Every year we're going to be running into these yeah. at some yes. point. So. 
the first recommendations we're going to talk about are for thunderstorms. So one good like catchphrase is if you hear thunder roar, go indoors. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't know, yeah. you don't want to be out on the porch. I know it's fun to kind of watch here right. and there and it's kind of the Midwestern thing, but <laughs> you want to make sure you're, you're going to safety because you never know when that can be turning. So before you start um, thunderstorms hit, you want to know some key terms, which you kind of talked about was severe thunderstorm watch and severe thunderstorm warning, which we gave the definition earlier. Um, a good thing to purchase is a National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, weather radio um, with a battery backup and tone alert feature. This will automatically alert you when a watch or warning is issued. So it's kind of nice to have that, especially because sometimes yeah, yeah. our phones don't always work. I know we kind of rely on that. Yes. So know the county in which you live and work in. Um, definitely is a good thing to know because then you can be aware of where those alerts are. Uh, the National Weather Surface Service uses county names when watches, warnings, and advisories are issued and broadcasted. So new specific area messaging encoders or same weather radios can be programmed to alarm only for specific counties or groups of adjacent counties if you wish to do so. Um, you also want to make sure you check the weather forecast before leaving for any extended outdoor periods. And you might want to postpone plans if severe weather is imminent or you know it's going to be happening in the area. So just make sure you're watching that forecast. Yes. Um, keep a list of emergency phone numbers, um, especially if you have children at home. You want to make sure you teach your children how to and when to call 911 for emergency assistance. Yes, and they're going to need to know their name, their address, yep. and the phone number they're calling from if possible. Yep. So, like, if it's your cell phone, make sure you teach your kids your cell phone number. Like, just they're going to make – and they need to know where they are. Mm-hmm. So we just want to teach our kids to be aware of the surroundings and where they're at yep. and just know that basic information because that can really save their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, choosing a friend or family member who lives out of the area for separate uh, family members to call um, helps to kind of report where their whereabouts or conditions are. Um, you also want to make sure you keep important documents or records in a safe deposit box or, box or other secure location in case, you know, you do have a, a high winds or something and damage, you know yeah. where that that documents are and then maintain a disaster supply kit so a supply kit can you know good thing to have is water you know Mm -hmm. flashlight extra batteries some food um you know flares maybe even you know make sure yeah blankets just to make sure that you're staying safe and you're warm and you've got some water especially for hydration especially if you're going to be trapped sometimes if you get into like a tornado situation you never know if you're going to be trapped down underneath debris so you want to make sure you have some of those um, in your supply kit. So next we're going to talk about what to do during a thunderstorm. So first, you're going to want to close all your windows and doors. Draw the shades or blinds to reduce risk from flying glass if the window breaks due to high winds. You're going to want to monitor that radio or television for the latest weather information. Avoid using the telephone or other electrical devices until the storm passes, which I know that's hard. Yeah. We're all attached to our phones. Right, yeah. You want to turn off your air conditioners. If lightning strikes, a power surge could damage the compressor. Mm-hmm. Delay taking baths or showers until the storm passes. Yeah. If outdoors, seek shelter immediately. If you can hear thunder, you are probably close enough to the storm to be struck by lightning. Just remember that. Yeah, for sure. If you are in a boat when the thunderstorm threatens, you should attempt to reach shore as quickly as possible, but still be safe. Yes, if you are driving, pull safely to the shoulder away from trees and power lines. Lightning can flash from trees or power poles into a vehicle through the radio antenna. Normally, in the, op- in the, in the open, a vehicle is safe shelter from lightning. 
But if you're driving near these telephone poles or trees, you just want to make sure you pull over, just sit in your car, make Mm -hmm. sure you're just staying there. Mm -hmm. Avoid touching metal parts of the vehicle when lightning is nearby as well. If you find yourself in a position where there is no immediate shelter available, find a low spot away from trees and power poles where you can squat low to the ground and make yourself as small of a target as possible. So things to be aware of to do after would be monitor the radio or the television for emergency information or instructions. Um, Check for injured victims. Render first aid if necessary. Most lightning strike victims can be revived with CPR. Mm -hmm. So don't attempt to move severely injured people unless you absolutely have to. Um, It's best to wait for emergency medical assistance to arrive if that's possible. Right. So take photos or, you know, record the damage to your house, to your property. Um, Don't make any unnecessary phone calls. It's a guarantee that the phone lines and the calls Mm -hmm. and the cell towers will be inundated with the calls and information. So Mm -hmm. in an act to try to reduce some of that, make Mm -hmm. only necessary calls. If you're driving, be aware and be alert for hazards that are on the road and check on your neighbors or check on your relatives who might require special assistance. So now we're going to move on to tornadoes. Mm, Again, we're going to want to know the term. So tornado watch, this is when tornadoes are possible. Mm -hmm. And then a tornado warning, this is when a tornado has been sighted. Yes, yep, on the ground or sighted or by radar. Mm -hmm. So refer to the before section under thunderstorms plus the following. So kind of what we just talked about Mm -hmm. in thunderstorms. Yep. You want to remember that and go refer to that. And then here are some additional things you're going to want to do. So you're going to want to determine the best location in your home and office to seek shelter when threatened by a tornado. A basement or cellar will usually afford the best protection. Mm -hmm. If an underground shelter is not available, identify an interior room or hallway on the lowest level of the building that you can find. You want to conduct periodic tornado safety drills with your family so that they know exactly what to do when this happens. Mm -hmm. You want to decide how and where your family will reunite if you get separated during a tornado. Mm -hmm. If you live in a mobile home, identify a safe shelter outside of your mobile home, such as a community park shelter, a neighborhood a neighbor or a friend's house, or a nearby public building, because those mobile homes will just yeah they go right up with right. that tornado. They're they're pretty fragile Ooh. sometimes when tornadoes come. Yeah. In a mobile home, consider installation of an underground shelter that is large enough to accommodate you, your family, and several others that are nearby. Mm-hmm. Consider retrofitting your house with special fasteners, connector connectors, and reinforcing bands to strengthen the structural integrity of your home. You can also consider installing reinforced concrete and steel or a safe room as a small room in your house. Mm-hmm. Um, this can be beneath your garage floor, basement, wherever you want it to yeah. be. It's just a little safe room where you can go. Yeah, for sure. So next you want to take the following actions when a warning has been issued by the National Weather Service when sirens have been activated and you hear them in your area or when a tornado has been sighted. So when you're at home, you want to go to your predetermined shelter. That can be your storm cellar, uh, the basement, or the lowest level of the building. Um, If you're in a basement, you want to go under the stairs or under a heavy piece of furniture or a workbench and then stay there until the danger passes. I know sometimes you want to get up and see the damage, but make sure you're staying there until you know that the danger has passed. 
Um, if there is no basement, you want to go to that inner hallway or small inner room without the windows, such as like a bathroom or a closet, which we kind of talked about a little earlier. Yeah, laundry room, something Yeah, like somewhere that. there's no windows where you know that's the innermost part of the room. You want to make sure you stay away from windows, doors, and outside walls. Okay, mm-hmm. like that we said, we want to make sure that the inner room. Uh, that way you're not going, you're getting flying debris to come hit you. You want to go to the center of that room. Um, outside windows and walls may be penetrated by that high-speed winds, um, so you want to make sure that it's not coming into you as well. Um, you can get under a piece of sturdy furniture, such as a workbench or a heavy table, or and hold on to it as best you can. Um, you can use pillows, mattresses, or cushions to protect your head and neck. That's kind of one of the big things. Make sure you're... Mm-hmm. Um, protecting those parts of your body to make sure you're not getting a concussion or severely injured there. Yes. Um, If you are in a mobile home, get out and seek shelter elsewhere. Because again, we kind of talked about those mobile homes are pretty fragile when it comes to those winds. A mobile home can overturn very easily, even if precautions have been taken to tie down the unit. Um, If there isn't a substantial shelter nearby, seek shelter in a low-lying area and then shield your head with your hands as much as you can. So we talked about what to do at home. Now we're going to talk about what to do in a school, nursing home, hospital, shopping center, at work, etc. Mm-hmm. Just out and about. If yeah. So you're going to want to go to the basement or inside a hallway of the lowest level, still the same as if yep. you're in your house. Yeah. You want to avoid places with a wide span roof, such as auditoriums, cafeterias, gyms, and large hallways. Stay away from windows and open spaces. Get under a piece of sturdy furniture, such as a workbench, heavy tables, or desk, mm-hmm. and hold on to it. Mm-hmm. If sturdy furniture is not available, make sure you get you make yourself the smallest target as possible. So you're going to want to squat low to the ground, put your hands on your head, cover your head and neck with your hands, and just make yourself as small as you possibly can. Yeah. If in a high-rise building, go to a small interior room or hallway on the lowest level possible and seek protection um, that we talked about earlier. Stay away from the windows and outside walls. So if you're in a high-rise building, you're going to want to just try and make it as far down to the lower levels as you can. Yeah, if you can, yeah. Yeah, now if the tornado's coming right then and there, you just want to find an interior room and just make yourself as small as possible. Right. So if you are outdoors um, and during a tornado, if it comes up, so if possible, try to get inside a substantial building. You want to make sure you're trying to seek shelter. Um, if if a shelter is not available or there's no time to get indoors, you want to make sure you lie down, it says in a ditch or culvert or low-lying area. Um, crouch down near a strong building if you can. You just want to make sure you give yourself, get as small as you can and try and get away from that potential danger. You want to make sure you're protecting your head and neck as well. Um, and then trying to stay away from potential flash flooding, which I hope never happens to anybody when they're outside. Yeah. But, I mean, the biggest thing is to try and seek shelter in a building if you mm-hmm. can. If you're in a vehicle, um, when a tornado comes about, you never want to try and outrun a tornado in a vehicle. I mean, sometimes you can see them, sometimes you can't. So you got to make sure if you visibly can see the tornado, you may be able to stay away. But with heavy rain, hail different traffic that may impede your movement. Um, Tornadoes can change directions very quickly as well and can easily lift your car and toss it through the air. So you don't want to try and outrun it, but if you could try and avoid it as much as you can, yes, you want to try to do that. Um, Get out of your car or vehicle immediately and try and seek shelter in a nearby vehicle or nearby building if you can. That's probably Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is just trying to get out of the vehicle and go to a nearby building. Yes. If you cannot get 
out of a vehicle and into a building, you want to make sure you're staying safe in the car. You want to stay in the car with the seatbelt on. Um, You want to put your head down below the windows as much as you can. Cover your head with your hands and if or if you have a blanket, a jacket, a coat, any other kind of cushion as possible. Yes. So try and make sure you're protecting that. Um, If you can't safely get noticeably lower than the level of the, of the roadway or like if you can't get your head below the level of the windows you might have to leave your car preferably probably not but if you feel like that's a better situation if you feel yeah. like you feel like you're you know not going to be able to protect yourself um, you might have to leave your vehicle so what to do afterwards um, you're going to monitor the radio or the television for emergency information instructions. You're going to check for injured victims and render first aid if necessary. Um, check on neighbors and relatives who might require special assistance. Um, again, don't attempt to move a severely injured person unless you absolutely have to. It's best mm-hmm. to wait for emergency medical assistance to arrive. Only use the phone for emergencies. Um, exit damaged buildings. So you only need to re-enter if it's absolutely necessary and you must use extreme caution going back in. Um, Take photos and record the damage to your home or your property, taking videos, use your phone if you can. Um, If you're driving, again, be alert. Look out for things that are in the roadway that are hazardous. So if you're unaffected by the tornado, stay away from the damaged area Mm -hmm. and allow to... Uh, personnel, emergency personnel, first aid, all of these things, you know, officials need to get in that area. So if you're there and you're crowding to it, you know, which this happens here. This just happened last week in a local yeah. community where the sheriff's departments and people had to come out and say, stop coming here. Right. Stop coming to see the damage or whatnot. Um, extreme damage to that level doesn't happen all the time. You know, mm-hmm. while we might have a lot of tornadoes, we might have a lot of severe storms. You know, people don't drive in crowds to see a silo down, but they they do to these towns. So, um, You're hindering the ability to recover from this. Completely. People can't get access that need access to the area. So if you're really curious and you want to know what's going on, Facebook usually has, you know, your local sheriff's departments, your local emergency response management teams. They'll post pictures. They'll update when they can. It's just as effective Mm -hmm. and safer for you, and it... The people who were in those affected areas need the aid. Right. So steer clear. Now we're going to move on to flooding. So before flooding occurs, again, we need to know the terms. So we have a flood watch, which is when when flooding or flash flooding is possible. A flood warning, when flooding is occurring or will occur soon. Flash flood warning, a flash flood is occurring or is imminent. And a flood statement. This is minor flooding of creeks and streams, streets, low-lying areas, or basement flooding is occurring or imminent. So again, we're going to want to refer to the thunderstorm section when we're talking about what to do before and how to kind of prepare, as well as another couple following points. So we're going to want to learn flood warning signs and if Use in your area the community alert signals. We're going to want to know how to shut off electricity, gas, and water at main switches and valves. You're going to want to know where gas pilots are located and how heating systems work. Have check valves installed in building sewer traps to prevent floodwaters from backing up in the sewer drains. As a last resort, you're going to want to use large corks or stops to plug showers, tubs, or basins. 
you want to consider measures for flood proofing your home. So to do this, you can call your local building department or even your emergency management agency, EMA, for information. Your local emergency management agency will have a lot of great information. They will love to talk to you about yeah. this kind of stuff. It's like they're really mm-hmm. usually really excited about They're this kind it. of stuff. Yeah. You gotta utilize them the best you yes, can. Yes, definitely want to utilize them. They're a great resource. You could consider purchasing flood insurance. Flood losses are not covered under homeowner insurance policies, so flood insurance is available to most communities through the National Flood Insurance Program. There's usually a period before it takes effect, so don't delay. Flood insurance is available whether the building is in or out of identified flood-prone areas, so you can call your insurance company for more information. Insure your property and possessions. Make an inventory of your possessions using paper lists, photographs, and or videotapes of your belongings. Leave a copy of your insurance. Leave it with Leave a copy of it with your insurance company. You can update your inventory and review your coverage with your insurance company periodically. And you're going to want to keep all your important records and documents in a safe deposit box or another safe place away from the premises so that way they don't get damaged in the flooding. So during the flooding event, um, it's best to monitor the radio or the television for the latest weather information. So... Move it, move valuable household possessions to the upper floor or move to another location if the flooding is imminent and it's a time-pressing concern. Mm-hmm. Um, these things happen really quickly, so being as prepared as you possibly can in the few minutes even, sometimes we're talking seconds and yeah. minutes, that you have it is time well spent. So if you're instructed to do these things by local authorities, um, turn off the utilities at their source and start taking action. So you can listen to a battery-operated radio for evacuation instructions. Mm -hmm. And if you're advised to evacuate, evacuate. Do it quickly. I think this is an ongoing issue, especially when we're talking about flooding. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to evacuate, absolutely. It's very difficult to make the decision to leave your home and your property, especially if you have animals or, you know, other things. Everyone has a reason that they could stay. but evacuation is life-saving, and mm-hmm. it needs to be done if it's yeah. advised. Right. You can replace household items, but you can't replace yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So evacuate, evacuation is much easier and safer before the flood waters become too deep for ordinary vehicles to drive yeah. through. So, you know, and, and again, it comes in. If they're telling you to evacuate, they didn't make that decision lightly. You don't want to get stuck, literally, in the flood outside of your home. So follow the evacuation routes. Um, shortcuts could be blocked. So people lose their lives by attempting to drive over the flooded roadways. Mm -hmm. They speed in the depth of the water isn't always obvious. Mm -hmm. There's hidden portions of the roadway washed out under the water. Um, It only takes two feet of water to pick up a vehicle and carry it away. So um, you're compounding uh, emergency situations when you make the decision to kind of push the limits a little bit there. Again, it's hard. I know it's hard to do that, you know, trying to think practically, but you have to go. Yep. Mm -hmm. Again, turn around, don't drown. Yep. Yep. So even after a flood, a flooding, there, there are many dangers that do not end even when the water begins to recede. So you want to make sure you listen to the radio or television stations, 
and don't return home until authorities indicate that it's safe to do so. I know you really want to to see the damage and try and get things back, but make sure you want to make sure it's safe. So when you're allowed to return, remember to help your neighbors who may require special assistance. Um, there might be times where they need more than you do. Yes. Um, inspect foundations for cracks or other damage. Um, when entering buildings, use extreme caution because, again, you don't know what damage was done during those, those flooding. Look for fire hazards as well. Um, if your home was jam- damaged, make sure you check the utilities. Again, we kind of talked about what to do beforehand or during, um, but you also want to make sure you're checking those utilities after you get back. Yes. Uh, stay out of the building that remain uh, that remains in floodwaters, okay? Even if there's, you know, a little bit of water, you still don't want to be in that building because you mm-hmm. don't know the dangers of it. Yes. Um, avoid coming in contact with flood waters. Um, the water may be contaminated with oil, gasoline, or raw sewage that might have come up from the flood waters. Uh, do not wade through a flooded stream to protect or retrieve belongings. Again, we talked about you can replace belongings. You yes. can't replace yourself, exactly. okay, especially to many family members and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, consider your family's health and safety. Wash your hands frequently with soap and water and clean water if you come in contact with floodwaters. Again, you don't know what kind of bacteria or viruses might be in there. Yeah. Listen for different news reports to learn whether the community's water supply is safe to drink. You might have a boil order or something in that, so you want to make sure you're, you're drinking safe water or bottled water. Uh, throw away any food, including canned foods, that have come in contact with floodwaters. You want to make sure you pump out flooded uh, basements gradually, about one-third of the water per day to avoid structural damage. Um, continue to service damaged septic tanks, uh, cesspools, pits, and leaching systems as soon as possible. You might have a damaged sewer system, which poses a very big health hazard, again, with all that bacteria from sewage. Uh, stay alert for areas where floodwaters were, have receded. Roads may have been weakened and could collapse under the weight of the vehicle. So, again, you want to just make sure if you're traveling different areas that have been flooded to make sure those, those roadways are safe. Do not let children play in, in or near floodwaters, flooded creeks, or flood retention ponds. Again, there's a lot of bacteria in there. Uh, stay away from down power poles. Report them to you, the utility company immediately. Again, they could be pose a big danger, um, can shock you, and, and, and do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, if unaffected by the flood, stay out of the area until allowed to enter by officials. Again, you might be more of a hinder than a help, so your presence may hamper, you know, the emergency operations, kind of like we talked about with tornadoes. You know, you want to make sure it's safe as well. If you're out there and it's not a safe condition, you're doing more damage for sure to yourself and and hindering that emergency operation. Monitor the radio for special information about where you go to get assistance for housing, clothing, food. There's going to probably be different organizations already setting up shelters or Mm -hmm. setting up buildings or programs that are available to help you cope with the stretch of the system stress of the situation or give you food, water, clothing. Yes. And then also take photos and video videotape the damage of your home and belongings for your insurance. So that's all that we have for today. We hope that this health cast has been informative and helpful to our listeners. We bring information to you to educate and enlighten the public on the importance of various health concerns and topics that would be beneficial to the improvement of health and well-being for our community. Funding for this podcast was provided in whole or in part by the Illinois Department of Public Health, the Office of Women's Health. The Cass County HealthCast is a project of the Cass County Health Department in Cass County, Illinois, and information given in today's podcast is not the personal opinions or views of those speaking and is information gathered and distributed for the sole purpose of health education and promotion. 
If you have any questions or you would like to suggest a topic, please call the Cass County Health Department at 217-452-3057 and ask for Louise or Hillary. Also visit us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And visit us on our website at www.cascohealth.org. Thank you for listening, and until next time, stay well.